Thanks for tuning in to Mountain View Fellowship's weekly podcast with lead pastor Don Headley. At MVF, our mandate is pointing people to Jesus by fostering relationships. We know Jesus cared for people and placed a lot of emphasis on relationships. So we do too. We believe that we're created for relationship with God and that he gave each one of us a desire to belong. If you'd like more information about MVF, connect with us at mvfcolorado.com. Now, stay tuned for this week's message. The title of this series is Change, and uh, we're going to be talking about not how to survive change, but how to thrive through change. So I I hope that interests each and every one of us, because that's kind of what we've been through uh, this last year. And so I want to share with you, as we dive into the Word of God, what God has to say about change, and the fact that He actually has a better plan than we think sometimes. And so if you would grab the Word of God, head over to Acts chapter 9. Acts chapter 9, we're actually going to be covering the first 22 verses of this, uh, this chapter. And so this is our first stop of the morning in the passage. And so make sure that you head over there. If you don't have a Bible, you can also open up your device. Go right to the Engage or the MVF Colorado um, uh, app. Go to the Engage button. Under that, we have all those scriptures listed out for you in order. And we also have a section for message notes. If you want to fill in the blank and uh, try to take your own notes, you can hopefully get more out of the message this morning. Now, I just told you that the name of this series is called Change. And I wonder how many of you were like, yay, like you're so excited. Uh, How many of you love change? Yeah, isn't that crazy? I mean, we, we just don't like change. Change scares us to death. We, very few of us like it at all, which is very interesting because I think we all know this instinctively that change is inevitable. And I would say it this way, everything changes. That's part of life, right? Everything changes. Nothing stays the same. And I think 2020 proved that to us, didn't it? Because not a single one of us, if we went back a year ago right now, would be able to tell us what was going to happen over that year. None of us could have predicted the way that that year turned out. And so we're going to spend the next few weeks talking about change because that's where we're at. That's what we're going through. It's inevitable. Everything changes. And uh, I want to share with you over the next four weeks that when we talk about change, we're going to be able to identify that change can actually bring opportunity, but it can also bring danger as well. And some of you, you're going through change right now. This is where you're living. Some of you just moved out to this area. Like you got out of the metro area or wherever you're moving from and you moved to eastern Colorado and, and you're dealing with this change right now. You're, you don't understand why everyone moved out here, bought acreage, put a barbed wire fence around it and didn't want to talk to anybody. And so you're dealing with that change right now. Some of you moved into a new home. You're, you're unboxing all of your stuff, trying to figure out what change is going to look like f- from here on out. Some of you, because this last year was hard, you've had a job change and uh, maybe you're learning a whole new skill set. Or maybe it's not even a new skill set. Maybe you're doing the same thing, but just with a different company, and you're having to learn to do it in a different way. Uh, I know uh, from our nursery back here, a lot of you have just had babies. Uh, You want to talk about change, have a baby, right? Yeah, that'll flip your world upside down in a hurry. You guys are sleep-deprived. You you don't even know what what, uh, time of the day it is right now, and you're dealing with all of that kind of change in your life trying to figure out what it looks like to raise kids now. Uh, some of you are on the other end of that spectrum, like your last kid has taken off. Maybe it was for work or marriage or college or whatever, and now you're dealing with that change of, of being an empty nester and trying to figure out what that looks like. When it comes to change, 
Sometimes it's not so bad because there are some things that change that we choose, right? I mean, sometimes we can choose the change or we see it coming, like it's been told that this is going to happen and so we're already preparing ourselves for it. But here's the truth that I want to dwell on a little bit this morning. It's the fact that the toughest change is the change that we didn't choose or see coming. This is the toughest change you can go through. When you, when you didn't choose it and you didn't see it coming, it'll flat out rock your world. And some of you are living that right now. Like you didn't, change, uh, you didn't choose that diagnosis or that illness. You didn't see that death of a loved one coming. Some of you didn't choose to have your company downsize and for you to lose your job. It's, it's where we're living right now. Uh, some of us, we, we had great marriages, and maybe you were just going along thinking everything was fine, and then something happened, something changed, and you find yourself in a place where you're really struggling right now. Why? Because the toughest change is the change we didn't choose or see coming. And I think in my own life, uh, this is so true. The toughest changes I've gone through in my entire life were the changes I didn't choose and I didn't see coming. Uh, when I was a little bitty guy, and I mean little, I remember my dad being in business with another guy. They were growing the business. It was doing really well. And then one day, for whatever reason, his business partner went down and, and cleared out the bank account, shut the account down. And I remember what that change did to our family, and I remember what it did to my dad. I remember right after I got married, um, getting that phone call from my new wife, and I remember exactly where I was standing when I got it. And she had gone in for an ultrasound. It was two weeks before our due date, and they couldn't find a heartbeat. And I remember sitting on the curb waiting for her mom to bring her to me, thinking this is change that we didn't choose and we definitely didn't see coming. I remember almost a year later, sitting in a doctor's office and, and the doctor's giving my wife the diagnosis of lupus, a disease that we would fight every day for the rest of our lives, and thinking, you know what, we didn't choose this, and we definitely didn't see it coming. Uh, the toughest change is the change we didn't choose or see coming. And I wonder how many of you in this room right now are dealing with that kind of change. I wonder what kind of change you're, you're facing right now, and did you choose it? Did you see it coming? And then this last question I want to ask, because this is where we're going to dwell today. I wonder what God is wanting to do in the middle of it. See, I believe that regardless of whatever change that you're facing right now, uh, whatever you're going through, that God wants to do something in that to grow you up, to teach you something. See, God speaks to us not only audibly, but also he speaks through circumstances, and many times he speaks the loudest in the middle of change. So what I want to do is over the next few weeks is I want us to open up our scriptures. I want us to see what God has to say about change, and I want us to, to not just learn how to survive it, but learn how to thrive through it. And so let me just start with the big idea today, because I think this is so critical for each and every one of us to understand. You're never more teachable than in the midst of transition. And if that's true, uh, think of the ramifications of this. If you're more teachable in the middle of change, in the middle of transition, because all of us, we want to be better people, right? I mean, we want to be better citizens, community members. We want to be better dads, moms, employees, friends, bosses, students. We want to be better followers of Christ. We all want to be better. But here's the problem that we have is many times we're not very teachable. We're just not teachable. And actually, just the opposite. We walk around and act like we have all the answers, like we got it all figured out. 
Uh, one of the best illustrations for this is our airlines. Many times we'll jump on an airplane and, and we'll take our seat. And you know how it is. For those of you that are flown, you, you uh, get on the plane and they, they do the head count. They make sure that you're in the right seat. B7, yeah, that's your seat, okay. Buckle up, right? And they, they make the head count. They've got everybody on board. We're going to go ahead and shut the doors and prepare the plane for the flight. And then pretty soon, uh, the stewardess walks by and you've got your earbuds in. And, and she says, uh, sir, you need to take your earplug, you know, your earbuds out. And so you take the one out that they can see. Like you're being sneaky, right? So you can listen to the other one. And then uh, they get up there and they get ready to give you all of the, in case of an emergency, instructions. And they start talking about this life vest that is somewhere in your seat that you're supposed to be able to pull out. And then there's a cord that you pull to inflate. And then it's got a little uh, flashing light. When it gets wet, it starts flashing. And, and they show you how to put all that on, how to operate that. And then they talk about, you know, the uh, oxygen mass, that if the cabin becomes decompressorized or whatever, the... the mask is going to drop down, and then you're going to have to put it on a certain way, and they tell you, make sure that you put yours on before you help the people around you put theirs on, and then, of course, the exits. You got to know about the exits, and you have to keep in mind that, you know, the exit closest to you might even be the one behind you, so make sure that you identify the exit, and they're going through this entire spill, and, and here's my question. How many of you, the last time you were on the plane, how many of you really set everything down and gave them your full attention and focused intently on what they were saying? Okay. Three of you. Okay, so uh, three people have only flown on one flight ever in their entire life. Uh, because we don't do that, do we? Like, we just don't. We, we, we act like it, like we want to pay a little respect to them, but yet we're still doing, you know, we're checking our, our emails at the last minute, or we're sending that last text out real quick. Hey, just getting ready to leave. I'm going to be there at 3.30. You know, make sure you're there to pick me up. And we're sending the text out. We're not paying attention. And I know this is true because if there was ever really an emergency, not a single one of us could find that life vest and get it on in 10 seconds. There's no way. So let me change the scenario just for a bit, all right? Let's say that the plane takes off and you get to cruising altitude, 30,000 feet, you're flying along, and then all of a sudden an explosion happens, small one, but it's an explosion. It's serious, right? And all of a sudden the cabin loses pressure, and the pilot comes on the radio, and he, he's giving you some instructions. You can tell from his voice, he's nervous. And then all of a sudden, the stewardess stands up, and she starts to give, in case of an emergency, instructions. Let me ask you a question. Um, how teachable would you be in that moment? Right? Very teachable. Why? Because you're never more teachable than in the midst of a transition. You're never more teachable than in the midst of change, in the middle of change. Uh, another example would be our prayer life. We all know we need to pray better. We need, we need to do a better job of just being in prayer with God and you know, having a conversation with Him. And, and so often we struggle in our prayer life. But when we're going through transition, when we're in a change, especially if we didn't choose it and see it coming, how many times do you need to be reminded to pray? Hardly ever. Why? Because you're never more teachable than in the midst of transition. And here's what's great about it. If we're teachable... Here's what happens. God often does his greatest work in the midst of change. Makes sense, doesn't it? Even in hard times, if God's with you, if you're, if you're paying attention to what God is leading you to do, it's never going to be fruitless. Like he's always working on something. When you're teachable, God does some of his best work in your life. Some of you know this because you came to Christ in the midst of change. Maybe it was, I don't know, your family was split up and, and a friend invited you to a summer camp and you got to hear the gospel for the first time. It was in that change that you received Christ for the very first time. Maybe it was uh, you just had a baby 
You know, and you got this new life in your hands, and you're thinking, I don't even know how to live my own life, and now i got to lead this one? And you find your way through the doors of a church, and you find Jesus, and you receive Christ for the first time. Some of you have experienced the greatest significant growth spiritually in a moment of change. Um, some of us, we, we actually have found that, you know, Christ gets our attention better in those moments because we're looking for him. Uh, some of you, you, you saw your greatest growth in the midst of change. Some of you said that um, you would never go to church. Like, you will never catch me dead or alive in a church. It's never going to happen. I'll never darken the, ways, the doorways of a church, and yet here you are today. Why? My guess is because of some change in your life. I think through Scripture, and I think about the biblical characters that, that we see, these great biblical characters. And you know what I've un- understood as I looked at these different characters, and, and we're talking about this idea of being teachable and God doing some of his greatest work and change? I found this out, that not a single one of those biblical characters, um, not a single one, did God not change and grow up in the midst of change. God used change to change who they were and to change the direction of their life. Think about it. King David, uh, Abraham, Moses, Noah, Esther. It's amazing how many, uh, that when you're really looking for that change and how God works in it, how many of these biblical characters, you'll see these big transformations take place in the middle of change. Now, I want to talk about one today, but he's a New Testament um, uh, character in Scripture, and his name is Saul, and his name is going to be changed to Paul. So here's just a warning for you, okay? If I say Paul or Saul, I'm talking talking about the same person here. And if you don't know who Paul is, Paul wrote almost 50% of the New Testament. He did more about planting churches and spreading the gospel than anyone else in history, and yet Paul experienced some of the most difficult changes of anybody that you would ever see. And, And there's a whole section dedicated talking about all the changes that he experienced in his life. And I want us to take a look at at a a moment, a big change in his life, where everything changed for him. And and keep in mind that here in Acts chapter 9, he wasn't a believer yet. Like, he wasn't a Christ follower. Actually, just the opposite. He was angry. He was was hating on the church. Why? Because the church was exploding. And, And just as a side note, you know why the church was spreading so fast? You know why it was exploding? Because of change. Christ came, he died on the cross, he, he rose again, he ascended into heaven, and then shortly after that, persecution came and hit the church, and it, and it forced the believers out, and they began to spread the gospel like wildfire, and it was this new thing that was happening, they called it the way, that was their, their way of referring to this new Christian movement that was going on to Christianity, and he hated, well, take a look at how much he hated it. Here in Acts chapter 9, verses 1 and 2, it says, Meanwhile, Saul was uttering threats with every breath and was eager to kill the Lord's followers. Um, calling, anger, party of one, right? I mean, can you put it any more uh, strong as that? With every breath, he, he's, he's uttering threats and, he, and he's eager to kill the Lord's followers. Now, here's what he does. It says, so he went to the high priest He requested letters addressed to the synagogues in Damascus, asking for their cooperation in the arrest of any followers of the way he found there. He wanted to bring them, both men and women, back to Jerusalem in chains. Now, on a scale from 1 to 10, if you had to rate Paul in his teachability in this moment, where would you put him? He's not very teachable, is he? He's closed off. He's not listening to anything. He's he's focused, and he's going after something. He's going after Christ's followers is what he's doing. I wonder, have you ever had a moment like that in your life where you weren't listening? You were tuned out? You were completely unteachable? Have you ever had that? 
And in that moment, what would it take for you to move out of that place into a place where you could actually be taught? See, oftentimes it takes change. Look what happens next in verse 3. As he was approaching Damascus on this mission, so he's headed to go kill, kill him some, some believers, a light from heaven suddenly shone down around him. Jesus meets him on the road to Damascus, blinds him with a blinding light. Paul, Paul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord? I'm Christ, I'm Jesus. And in this moment, it changes his life. He enters into a season of change. And, and look what happens here in verse 8. Saul picked himself up off the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he was blind. So his companions led him by the hand to Damascus. He blinded him. I heard a preacher preaching on this text years ago, and he said, Paul had his blinders on to God, so God blinded him. I think it's pretty accurate, isn't it? Do you know what allowed Paul to finally see that God was working in his life? This is so interesting to me. Paul only began to see God clearly when he lost his sight. Isn't that fascinating? See, the point is this, that a massive change happened in Paul's life, and all of a sudden, he became teachable. And when it comes to change, many of us, we're, we're in a place where we're not teachable in that moment, and that change hits, and, and God is trying to get us to a place where we're teachable. But here's what happens. We ask a lot of questions, don't we? I mean, we enter into a season of questioning everything, and one of the biggest questions that we have and the one that we focus on all the time is the why question. God, why is this happening to me? Why are you doing this to me? God, why are you allowing this to happen to me? Why, why, why? This is where we focus. And not that that's a bad question. It's just not the, the right question. See, the why keeps us from asking the best question, which is what? God, what are you trying to teach me? God, what are you trying to do in this moment? What do you want me to learn in this moment? And so often when we enter into a time like this of change, here's what happens. We, our natural inclination is to do the wrong thing. And it's exactly what Saul does as well. Verse 9 says this, uh, he, remi- he remained there blind for three days and did not eat or drink. Many times when change happens to us, especially if we didn't choose it, we didn't see it coming, here's what happens. We isolate. We push everybody away. We, we put ourselves in a little room, and we just hope God speaks directly to us. But is that the way God works most of the time? No, it's not. And actually, in this, in this situation, God ends up sending a guy by the name of Ananias to Paul to tell Paul what God wants to do. And later, Paul's actually shipped off to uh, Jerusalem where he spends a ton of time with the other believers. He, he finds himself surrounded by other believers. This is what God does. He surrounds us, not just physically, but spiritually with other believers to build us up, to, to teach us, to grow us in the faith. He, he travels all the way to Jerusalem. He meets with all these other believers. And in that moment, do you know what he's doing? He's joining a life group. That's what he's doing. And I know many of you, you fight me on this. Like, you push back. I don't want to gather with other people. I moved out here so I don't have to talk to anybody. And you're telling me i got to be in a group. And I'm like, yes, this is the way God's designed you for community. And you need to be in a, in a life group. You need to be in a home church. You need to be gathering with some other people. You need a Bible study. And we push back against that. But in fact, the reality is, it's probably the thing that we need the most. Many of you, you're going through change and you're isolating yourself. You're doing what Paul did. You're just pushing everybody out, and you're locking yourself in a room, and, and the reality is God's going to use other people to speak into your situation many times. Uh, some of you, 
you're in a marriage and it's not going very well. And those other married couples that you used to gather with that had a say in your relationship that could actually point things out to you, you've shut them out. You've isolated yourself because you know what you're doing is wrong and you don't want to hear the truth from them. Some of you, you've gone through a, a horrible divorce. And whether it's shame or whatever it is, you've isolated yourself. When in reality, God wants to surround you with some other people that are going to love you and help direct you in this moment. We've got so many young people who are spiraling downward. They're suffering from anxiety, depression. And what do they do? They, they isolate themselves when they need, more than anything, people in their life that are going to love them and speak truth into them and, and build them up on, on the truth of God. But we isolate ourselves. Listen to what happens when Paul finally embraces this community that God has placed around him. Because I want to encourage you, don't isolate Look for other people to connect with, especially within the church. Uh, in verse 22, it says this, Saul's preaching became more and more powerful and the Jews in Damascus couldn't refute his proofs that Jesus was indeed the Messiah. This is how much he had grown in this moment. Not because he isolated, but because he gathered with other believers and he allowed God to teach him and to grow him up in this moment of change. So, do you want to grow during a time of change? Do, better yet, do you want to thrive in the midst of change. If you do, let me give you three truths about change and growth. The first one is that God never wants you to stop growing. Never wants you to stop growing. He always wants you to continue to grow. See, this life with Christ is linear. We're never supposed to just stay in one spot. We're always supposed to be moving forward and growing in Christ. We talk about being fat tadpoles, right? That's like the disease of the American church. We received Christ and we just stayed right where we at and just got fat. And the idea is a tadpole is no good unless he continues to, to change and grow. And, and you and I need to do the same thing. We receive Christ, and in that moment, we start this process of becoming more like Christ every day. And you will never arrive until you arrive. Meaning that until the day you show up before Jesus, you should always strive to be more like him every day. You'll never reach that goal until the day you're standing in front of him. And actually, Philippians chapter 1 reinforces this. It says, And I am certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue his work until it is finished, finally finished. And when is it going to be finished? On the day when Christ Jesus returns. Do you know what that means? God never wants you to stop growing. It means you're going to continue to become more like Christ every day until you either die or Jesus comes back. That's the options. Otherwise, we're growing. We're striving every day to be more like Christ. Why? Because God never wants us to stop growing. And then number two, you grow most in the midst of change. You grow most in the midst of change. If you're more teachable during change, doesn't it make sense that you're going to grow more in the middle of change? Because you're listening. You're paying more attention in the middle of that. So if, the, if God never wants you to grow to stop growing, and you grow most in the midst of change. Therefore, number three, your growth depends on your ability to embrace change. And this is hard. This is a tough statement because how many of us actually love change, right? We don't. We ignore it. We try to avoid it. But yet, our growth depends on our ability to be able to embrace it. Change will either chew you up and spit you out, or it will form and mold and shape you into something that looks more and more like Christ if you allow God to move in it. I believe that our best option is not to ignore it, not to resist it, not to pretend it's not there. Um, 
I believe our best option is to embrace it, to lean into it, to look for what God is going to teach us in the middle of it as he get this, as he sees us through that change in front of us. Now, thinking about my own life, the greatest seasons of growth in my own life have been during seasons of change. And as hard as those seasons were that I shared with you earlier, um, losing our first son and my wife being diagnosed with lupus and stuff, I have to tell you that without those things, looking back on my life, I don't think I would be right here right now. And I can't imagine my life not, not being like it is now. I can't imagine, I feel like I'm right in the middle of God's will and there's nothing better than that. I can't, I, I wouldn't want to be anywhere else than right here sharing this with you today. But it took all those changes to get me to this place. We don't have time to get into all of that. If you want to hear more, I'd be happy to share with you. And maybe you can relate it to what you're going through right now. But I believe that God used all those changes to bring us to this place because we are more teachable in the midst of change. My question is, what is God wanting to teach you right now during this change that you're going through? What is he trying to teach you? And the biggest question this morning is this, how teachable are you? Are you at a place where you can actually hear him? See, Saul would later have his name changed to Paul. Uh, He would go on to do some amazing things within the church. 20 years later, uh, he has been through so much change. Uh, Shipwrecked, uh, he's been beaten, he's been stoned, he's had to run uh, for his life so many times. And 20 years later, we find him in prison. And and he's writing, and uh, Romans chapter 8 actually records this, and and he's reflecting on all the changes that he's been through in his life. And, And this is what he has to say about it. Verse 28. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. Everything. You know what that includes? It includes change. My question is, do you believe that God can do some good in the midst of your change, the stuff that you're going through right now? Do you believe that he has something for you in the middle of that change? And your answer to that question actually is going to depend on how much you trust God and how much you believe that he's in control. Now, no matter what change you're going through, I want you to hear this because you, if you miss everything else, I want you to get this this morning. Whatever it is that you're going through, whatever change that you're experiencing right now, I want you to know this, that God sees it. He knows what's going on. Uh, Number two, that he is with you, that he's never going to leave you. And number three, that he's in the middle of it. He's doing something in it. He's in control. He's not surprised by the change, even if you are. So let me wrap up with three personal questions that I think each of us has to answer for ourselves. The first question is, what change do I need to embrace? What's that change that you've been trying to resist or or you've been pretending like it's not there? What what is that change, and, and how do you embrace that change? And then number two, what is God teaching me through this change? What is it that God has? Not, not the why question, but the what question. And then thirdly, who is helping me walk through this? We talk so often about discipleship, about having a disciple or somebody in your life that's helping grow you up. And in this moment, this would be a perfect time for you to go to them, share with them the change that you're facing or what you're going through, and have them pray with you and help direct you during this time. Now, 20 years from now, like it was 20 years for Paul, 20 years from now, when we look back on this moment and the change that we're going through, the way that you answer these three questions in this moment, right here, right now, I think will determine whether you view this season as a season of extreme regret or one of amazing growth. It's all based on how you answer these three questions. And I pray that whatever change that you're going through right now, whatever you're facing, that you'll be teachable 
and that God will grow you up in this season of change because you are never more teachable and you are ne you're never capable of more growth than when you're in the middle of change. Can I pray for that for all of us right now? Would you join me? Heavenly Father, we come to you right now just as your people. We ask that in this moment you would meet us right where we're at. And God, I know as I'm sharing um, this idea of change here today that there are people listening to me that are going through some extreme changes, things that they didn't choose and they didn't see coming. And it's rocked their world. It's changed things for them, Lord, and it'll change the rest of their life. And God, I'm praying that you will meet them right where they're at, that you will begin to direct them and show them what you have for them. And God, I pray that all of this builds us up and molds and shapes us into people who look more and more like you. We just pray that in all these things that you receive all the glory and honor. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ and all God's people said.